Welcome to Converge Coffee with Sean Sullivan. I'm here with Lorraine Ball. So after spending too many years in corporate America, Lorraine said goodbye to the bureaucracy, glass ceilings, and the bad coffee. But today we're having good coffee. Mm -hmm. um, today you can find her at Roundpeg, a digital agency in Carmel, Indiana, building smart marketing strategies for businesses who want to use internet marketing tools to grow. Lorraine is also the host of More Than a Few Words, a weekly marketing conversation for business owners. In her spare time, she loves to travel and take photos. And you can see her photos at LorraineBall.com, and more information will be in this episode. Lorraine, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. So you're like one of the few guests that are like, you know what, let's, here's, you already gave me the title. Mm -hmm. You already gave me like some speaking notes. And I'm like, this makes life so much easier. Um, sometimes of like, you know, what, what do you really want to talk about? And it's kind of cool just to kind of see, um, I always like read some new stuff that you have and kind of save your marketing strategies. But <laughs> I think with people who have not met you, um, you just have this very inviting and um, very jovial like personality. It's very welcoming. And, and how you talk about your customers and how you talk about marketing strategies is very open. It's, it's a nice BS. Well, Whereas, thank like, you. Let's, let's get straight to the point and let's get right to it. So, and, and what we're going to talk about today is, you know, why you need to burn the boats mm -hmm. and, People, this is not like castaway or anything like that, <laughs> but it's a little bit more um, of, I think is the best way to describe it, Lorraine. What does to burn the boats mean and why should you do it? Let's just start out with that. Okay. So I'm going to start with a story, if that's okay. When I started my business, um, I gave my business plan to a number of people, my husband, one of my smartest friends, and my older brother. And as my brother was reading through the plan, we were talking and I said to him, you know, it, and here's the bottom line. If this doesn't work out, I can always go to court back to corporate. And he put the pencil down and he looked at me and he said, no, you can't. I went, what do you mean I can't? I, I can get another job. And he said, no, if you believe that, you'll never fully commit to the business. You have to be willing to sail to the island, make your new home and burn the boat so there's no way to go back. And as I've worked with business owners over the years, and I'm not saying go, you know, go with an empty boat and just leave, but the business owners that are prepared, but the ones that get to the island and keep trying to straddle that fence, maybe I'm going to do this, maybe I'm not, never make the investments, never make the commitments. It always feels like they're sort of in and out. They never burn that boat and they never are successful. They never put skin in the game. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's kind of a big thing. Yep. Yep. You know, an example was I had a client early on. He was a an IT consultant and his average ticket was like 20 grand. It was not a small investment. And he designed his business cards using publisher and printed them on paper at home that he got at Staples with the little punch out cards. And he's going in and, and calling on people and trying to get them to write him a check for $20,000 with a business card that, you know, that, that, that was made on paper. He never made it. He never made it. And, and it was really because he just wouldn't make that first commitment. I like that, that 
it kind of reminds me of when the American Psycho, where they were talking about like the different business cards of, you know, this is my high gloss in it, but it doesn't even have to be that way. It could just be, it doesn't have to be flimsy. It could mm-hmm. be something that you hand to somebody or today's is probably going to have to be in a plastic bag and then hand it. <laughs> but it's, it's interesting to see just those little, those little nuances, even with mm-hmm. a handshake or an elbow bump now mm-hmm. where you have to be um, more intentional of what you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And I have a second question out of that. Um, since you're, we're talking a lot about customers now, um, how, how does burning that boat, you know, from your experience and what you've seen with customers, you know, how does that impact customer experience? So twofold. Um, the first part is when you make that commitment, when you are all in, in the business, your customers feel it. When they know that you're committed to your business, they feel comfortable hiring you because they know you're going to be around to take care of them. When you're sort of still straddling the fence, and and this goes a little bit to um, uh, when you start trying to kind of explore your island and and or pick an what I call pick an island, where you select a customer group that you're going to focus on and you're going to target your efforts on. You can't be in two islands at the same time. And so many businesses, when they start, try to keep going back and forth and back and forth. And they lose so much time and so much energy trying to serve multiple masters. Now, when your business gets bigger, it's easier but it to, to serve more than one customer segment. But really and truly knowing who your customer is, Knowing what you mean to them makes it makes it a much easier way to run your business. I like that. So, I mean, you're identifying the audience right away. Mm-hmm. And here's another question, because a lot of people are talking about these days with a lot of things that are pivoting um, is, okay, what if something doesn't work right now mm-hmm. these days? How can someone you know, who's a business owner, um, how can they, what are, what are some interesting things that you've noticed with your clients or, or strategies that you have developed or even seen from other marketers that has, that have helped, you know, businesses that are really struggling and how that's kind of pivoted and helped them kind of in a, in a either a break even or a growth stage. So I think the companies that have the most successful pivots, except for some of, some of the really big names, but among smaller businesses, the most successful pivots are not a complete 180. They are a shift to the left or a shift to the right or an extension of what you're doing. And I'm, I'm going to give you a, a, a personal example. Um, in 2018, we did a uh, conference, Digital Toolbox. It was um, our first effort. We had 80 people that attended. We actually made money. And I was really excited about doing that again. But in 2019, I had a lot of turnover in my organization. And so I wanted to do another conference, but we didn't have the reason, we just didn't have the right pieces in place. And one of my team members who was really strong with online stuff said, well, why don't we move a lot of this stuff to an online portal? And so we pivoted our business model away from the conference to an online portal the intention originally was to come back in 2020 and do the conference again. Um, clearly, that didn't happen. So we, but we continued to expand the online offering. So that was successful because I didn't go out and start selling toothbrushes. I stayed with what my core intent was, 
smart resources for small business owners. I just changed the delivery method. And those kind of pivots tend to be much more effective because I wasn't completely in a new environment. I was on a different part of my island. That's interesting. So now that we're going to the different part of the island, how do you upsell some of that stuff where you're now you're shimming up, you know, uh, a coconut tree and you're seeing more and you're actually reaping um, even some more benefits of establishing a foundation and then building off of that? I think several things. One, it always goes back to your customer. It always goes back to asking them about their pain points, about learning what they need, what's keeping them up at night, and then figuring out what do you have that's going to line up with that. And so I'm always looking for other software products, other related services that I think I can offer to my core customers. Again, I'm not going to start selling Mary Kay cosmetics and I'm not going to sell Tupperware. And it's not that there's anything wrong with those products, but that's a complete disconnect. Yeah, maybe I could make a little bit of money, but I'd have to kind of split my attention. But somebody came along and said, hey, we've got this new software product that allows you to track the email addresses of somebody who comes to your website. I'm like, hmm, I think I want to look into that because I think some of my customers could benefit from that. And it goes right along with my email marketing and it expands some of the other things I'm already doing. I like that. So now no more grilling questions. <laughs> um, and, and thank you so much for talking about, you know, what it means to be, to burn a boat is all in. But if you want to share, you know, now's the time of the episode where we share anything that's an offline background. I know you do a lot of things online, so you can share some things online, but something if you want to tell a story about success. You're always the, oh, you're always a busy owner, so I get it. Hold on, my, yeah. phone is, my phone's ringing, and I need to just send it out on silence. Sorry. It's all good, people. Lorraine's busy right now. <laughs> okay. So um, things that I like to do or just successes, ask the question. Um, anything that's offline background, online or offline that you want to talk about that's, you know, a, a success story right now or some insight that you've learned after this last year, even before um, anything that kind of relates to the, to this, you know, to your burn your boat and everything too. I know you mentioned a few stories, but if you want to shine light on any other, any other stories. So I think, um, Two things. The first is um, uh, I always talk about getting to know the natives and having that network and those relationships. And that has been so vital for me this past year is, you know, even though we're kind of isolated, reaching out to friends and coworkers and, and just having those opportunities to talk and brainstorm. I actually have... Um, a group of women, uh, we have, it's a very fluid group, but the group started 18 years ago when I started the business and we would walk on Saturdays and we decided that there was no issue that couldn't be solved in five miles. And every Saturday morning we walk and we talk. Well, when all of this started and nobody wanted to be around anybody else, we simply took the calls online. We 
Uh, every Saturday morning, we get up, we get, we all log into a Google Hangout, we all plug in our phones, and we walk together, and we show each other what we're seeing, and we talk about personal, we talk about business. Most of the women are are business owners or marketing professionals, and um, I think if, if I've learned anything this past year, it's that staying connected and tapping into that network just when you think I'm totally going to lose it is um, just such a key part of, of what I've done. I love that. Staying connected, I think, is the biggest thing. And mm-hmm. it's not so much interpersonal. It's, it's not in-person anymore, but mm-hmm. it can still be interpersonal mm-hmm. and that we're still doing that. So thank you for sharing that. And I, and I remember you you did those walks. And I think there was a few people that I knew that did those walks. But I like mm-hmm. that saying is that no, there's no issues after five miles. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, you know, I mean, uh, uh, in the course of, of – uh, our walks, I've had friends who've lost their jobs and found their jobs and started businesses and sold businesses and completely changed direction. And having just, and again, it's uh, the walk happens every week and different women are available or not available, but we all, you know, it's this kind of fluid and it's fun. And, you know, one of the fun things about the pandemic is I have a friend down in Bloomington. I have a friend who used to walk with us here in Indy. She lives in Tennessee now. Well, every Saturday morning, she walks with us. There you go. That's yeah. awesome. That, that's an interesting idea, too, to have those kind of – it's not a virtual run, but it's a walk where you yeah. can talk to people, too. <laughs> so now we're at the last stage of the episode where it's not about round peg. It's not about customers. It's not about islands. It's about Lorraine. Mm-hmm. And – so the first question is, you know, as for work, what gets you like, what gets you up in the morning? You, the first thing that you kind of think of is like that main thing that you think of, of, you know, this is why I love what I do. So the, the thing that gets me most jazzed are the wins. Um, I have a client he was one of my very, very first customers. And at the time he was operating his business out of his basement with two other guys. And Today, his company is one of the fastest growing in his sector. He's probably got 35 people that work for him. And he has a sign outside a multi-story building with the name of his company on it. And every time I drive by that, that building, I smile and because I know I was a part of that. And when we put together a program for a client and I log into the analytics tool and I can see the numbers, I'm like, yeah. We did this. We, you know, we we were right. This worked, and um, even after all these years, I still love those surprises and and those moments when it just really does exactly what you thought or better. I love that. So now on to the hobby portion. What do you do to kind of recharge yourself? I know we were talking about. I think it was the the whole photography thing. Mm-hmm. That that if you want to talk more about that, if you want to talk about something completely different we can go about that too you know what um photos are my happy place um uh, sometimes i have to remember to put my camera down and um we started uh, well my two things photos and travel um i i hate being on airplanes but i love being wherever the airplane takes me and um this really started uh in 2010 my son was in japan 
and he was there for he was stationed there with the navy he was going to be there for three years and i was going to be damned if um i wasn't going to go see my son for three years i'm a mother that's what you do and um so we went and and that was like the first big trip that I had taken since I'd really owned the business. And we were away for two weeks and it all worked. And I took, I just had all these amazing photographs. And then I made a decision that that's what was really what I was working for. It wasn't the paycheck. um, It was the next trip. And so over the last uh, 11 years, we've traveled around the world and I take pictures. I love photos of flowers, architecture. Uh, I'm not, I love pictures of animals. They just won't stand still for me. And I'm not a good motion (laughs) photographer. I like things that stand still. Um, and I've, I've, uh, I've had a couple of photos that have been in, um, uh, some photography exhibits and that's been kind of fun, but mostly it's, it's just for me. It makes me happy. I like that. And you put it very well, even with the, uh, it's your happy place, but also the traveling. I get it with airplanes too. Um, but you love the destination. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when, it's, when that first touchdown, you're like, okay, we're in a new place. Mm-hmm. Let's get, let's get going. Yeah. So my last question, you know, out of all this is what do you do health wise? It could be anything from physical, mental, spiritual to kind of um, also a way to kind of recharge yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and even a small thing, uh, I think will really impact the let- listeners because they kind of listen to stuff and they, and they pick up different things. Um, so what do you kind of do health wise? If you want to kind of share that. So the, the health thing walking, you know, I mean, uh, the walking with my friends, it's not just a Saturday thing, you know, I mean, yeah, I have, you know, I have my Fitbit and stuff, but, um, my assistant and I, when we're in the office together, we set an alarm and once every two hours, we get up and we go for a walk. And, and if it's a little cold out, we put a coat on and we walk. So it's too easy to sit for four and five hours and suddenly look up and go, ooh. And then you stand up and everything kind of hurts a little bit. You know, everything's just a little stiff. So um, I do that. Um, the thing that I've missed this year and um, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back to is I um, folk dancing. Um, I, uh, I lived in Israel for a year when I first graduated college. And so I love Israeli folk dancing and I've done it for a while. And then I get out of the habit and then I get back into it. And I had just started dancing again with this group in February <laughs> and yeah. then, yeah. So, um, and that's, it's a really good workout and it's also, um, uh, what I like about it, it's also a little bit of a mental workout because you have to be thinking about the next set of steps. So when you're thinking about the next set of steps, you're not thinking about all the other stuff in your life that maybe pulls at you. You're really focused on where's your left foot at that moment. And um, I really enjoy that. I love that. I, I think that's, and I think that is. I think it kind of sums up this whole episode of um, the joy that you exude is the joy that you bring into your life mm-hmm. too. And so Lorraine, thank you for talking so much about, you know, why you need to burn the boats, why you need to go all in, not to straddle the fence. You mentioned mm-hmm. that a few times. Um, 
and, and just kind of talking about, you know, the pivots, the upsells, the offline background of, you know, how you're invested in the community, I think is, is very important. And, and you're invested in your relationships with everybody. And mm-hmm. just talking about, you know, why you get jazzed for people's <laughs> wins and your, your hobby is for things to stay in place, you know, for <laughs> photography, but also, you know, <clears throat> what you enjoy with folk dancing with you know walking with and it always seems that every conversation you know that you've mentioned you mentions also somebody else mm-hmm. and i think it's um really a tribute to you of saying you know not i but we mm-hmm. we are doing this so lorraine thank you so much for being on this episode my pleasure this was so much fun and to all the converged coffee drinkers out there that's a wrap mm-hmm.